What's going on? It's Joey Thurman, and welcome to Season 3 of the Fad or Future Podcast. Yeah, I made it three seasons. What's different about this season? Well, yes, I'm still bringing you the world's top experts in fitness, nutrition, mental health, and more. But I'm also talking about my own personal struggles. I get deeper this season because we can all use a little bit of relatability. So I hope you stick with me, you enjoy this season, and thank you for being here. And as always, you get to decide, is it a fad or is it a future? Because after all, we don't want to be fatties, F-A-D-D-Y. Hashtag don't be a fatty. What's up? It's Joey Thurman. Here's another episode of the Fat or Future podcast, Biohacking. Well, I have the UK's leading biohacker in front of me, Tim Gray. What's up, man? Hi. Nice to see you, man. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on. You know, it's, social media is an interesting thing because we found each other through social media and I have this massive love-hate relationship with social, but at the same time, get to connect with you know, individuals such as yourself. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, you're, you're coming to us from Germany, right? Yeah, just here for the moment. Back to yeah. London soon. Bouncing back and forth. So now, you say you're the, um, well, it's your bio, you're the UK's leading biohacker. For anybody who ha- doesn't really know, what would you define biohacking as? Well, it's a really good question because so many people call it so many different things. There's so many different definitions. Um, I think it is the basically optimizing your health, uh, quantifying what you do. And that can be optimizing your health from food, exercise. Um, it can be optimizing exposure to light, such as fake junk light um, and everything around. So bearing in mind, you know, as Dave Asprey, the, the father of biohacking calls it, you know, optimizing the environment inside of you and outside of you to take control of your own biology. Um, I think as a non-biohacker, people don't really understand the environment inside of you definition part of it, but really it's setting a goal for your health or performance mm-hmm. and working to it and tracking it along the way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think some people, when they hear biohacking, they think of this kind of like hocus pocus bullshit, right? Doing all those sort of crazy things and injections and pills and all sorts of different stuff. And obviously there's, there's, there's some truth to some of that because a lot of, you know, your early biohackers were sort of just self body experimenters, you know, like we're just kind of trying things and such is the way with life, you know, you know, hundred years ago, people started lifting weights and putting on muscle and people thought those people were crazy. Right. And now we just know all these different things. So it's interesting to see someone such as yourself that are trying out all these new protocols. When did you start biohacking? So uh, 10 years ago now, actually, before I knew what biohacking actually was, mm-hmm. I got into it like a lot of people these do these days do. I mean, there's two types, there's really two types of biohackers. There's the Dave Asprey style, which is um, had either been fat or obese and unhealthy and suboptimal, or there's the Ben Greenfield biohackers who are the ultra athletes that want to be even more, um, you know, and that haven't typically had sickness to deal with. I came in under the being unhealthy mm. mindset because I was eating pizza and Chinese food and, you know, working 16, 18 hour days and sleeping six hours and expecting to survive. Um, 
so I fell into it from being unhealthy and then having chronic health issues and realizing that, you know, the smart move wasn't avoiding eating clean food, wasn't, um, you know, stretching your body, respecting, respecting mind space and holiday and all of these things. Um, so yeah, I got into it from sickness and then as I fixed different things, I realized that my performance could improve. You know, once upon a time I had brain fog and I didn't realize it was down to gut health. So I would buy nootropics from the pharmacy. Um, and then I realized it's linked to gut health and you fix your gut health and your gut health's better, but you still want sharper minds. And then you get nootropics on top of it. So it's, you know, constantly goes. Yeah. Um, but in terms of your, what you're saying about injecting lots of things and taking supplements, yes, that is biohacking to some extent. Yeah. But biohacking is also understanding homeostasis and what the body needs to be balanced and operate as it was originally designed to do. Mm. And you know, which is why the studies around standing desks or walking um, around movement and the immune system, sunlight, and how that upregulates so many processes in the body or even grounding, getting your shoes off and standing in the grass works. If for yeah. me, a biohacker isn't a biohacker unless he does these basic things first. That's, that's very smart, you know, because as I said, people, they often look at this as having to do something crazy. But, you know, some people might like say, well, isn't that just being healthy or sleeping right? And I think it's a little bit more precise. And, you know, people probably now they've been more aware of like, you know, blue light blocking glasses or is trying to stay off your phone and that sort of stuff. Couple, I think that's that right there. It's sort of slowly optimizing these different parts of your day. I think this is a little bit more uh, tried and true tested and trying to figure out exactly how you optimize how the sleep goes into waking up in the morning and, and your hormones and how that's going to affect so like uh, insulin sensitivity or, or resistance. And you just keep going down and down and down. So what was the first biohack that you tried on yourself? Cause you said, uh, you know, I'm familiar with Greenfield and like, you know, I do peptides and different things and the people are interested, I did a peptide, you know, podcast, you can go back and listen to that. But so you've got the sickness that we're trying to make themselves better versus the let's say, athletes or, you know, top 1% is trying to just get that little extra edge, whether that's physically, mentally, whatever. What was your first, you'd say biohack? Mm. Well, I'd taken loads of supplements and tried loads of different things and gut cleanses and blah, blah, blah. So I don't really class those as biohacks at that point because I, I wasn't a biohacker. The first one was bulletproof coffee. I'm not going to deny it. Um, I heard that you can have this oil and butter in your coffee and your brain comes alive. Um, you know, I, I was very, I was actually chronically sick really badly at the time. I'd brain fog every day. And whenever I was in a meeting and my staff would ask me a question, you know, and it required any processing, I'd be like, mm, what is it you think? And get them to answer it for me. That's really where my brain was at. Um, so the first day I had bulletproof coffee, it was about 9.30 in the morning. And next thing I realized it was like 2.30 in the afternoon and I'd just been like <laughs> late focus. It was just like insane. So I consider that to be the first biohack, um, being fat fueled for breakfast um, yeah. and satiated instead of having to eat crappy carbohydrate sugary product for breakfast um yeah so yeah that was the first that was the first thing but I, I, just to take it back one step i just want to say that biohacking is a mindset mm. it's not necessarily the modality yeah. so if you're doing yoga as a yogi you're not a biohacker 
but as a biohacker if you choose to use yoga as one of the tools in your belt then it's a biohack and mm. that's where a lot of people kind of go well you know you're doing grounding that's just woo woo stuff you know that's not biohacking yes it is because it's a systems thinking approach to optimizing and that's that's the critical difference i think so it's really just taking care of your health from all avenues some people take it a little bit further you know like i said yep. like pe peptides people are like i'm not going to take a needle right but like people who have diabetes, they're, they're going to inject insulin and, or, or you, you have some sort of medication where you have to take that's okay. But then they look at some sort of peptide, which is just really naturally occurring in your body anyways, and just helping elevate these. Like some people are going to take it that level and other others that might look at, you know, your yogi, if you will, to use that example where they, I, I had a friend that she went to India for six weeks. She couldn't speak. And she went to this, you know, yoga work workshop before biohacking was really a popular term and you're right asbury is one of the ones that kind of popularized it but she wouldn't speak for six weeks and it was just talking about like mindset whatever and like taking care of their entire mind body spirit which it could be classified as biohacking but that seemed a little bit more normal now now people i think it just some people take these things to the extreme but people taking things to the extreme sometimes brings things to mainstream once they're tested out so I'm not going to be the one that tests like all the crazy, crazy stuff, but more and more people do it. And I look at the, you know, anecdotal research and then, you know, eventually scientific research say, Oh, maybe I should try this. So bulletproof coffee. I remember as a fitness professional, like butter in the coffee, whatever, I knew what people were going to think, you know, they were going to start doing this and still eat the same shit that they were going to. So I, I think right there, that's a, that's a fundamental difference in what you said for biohacking, right? Because you're doing the bulletproof coffee, but then staying away from you know, the processed carbohydrates and, and looking into that as opposed to people like, oh, I can put butter and some MCT oil in my coffee and still have my bagel and whatever bullshit after that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, to it's total human optimization mm -hmm. with the goal of optimal health. Um, that's, that's what it comes down to. And I, I think, you know, there's one... I think the other piece actually that goes here is that as a biohacker, I don't have a medical license mm. and I don't have a bias based on formal education. I've literally chosen what works for me mm. as an individual and some things have failed epically mm. and some things have been awesome, like really, really spot on. But as a doctor or a functional doctor or whatever, they couldn't necessarily recommend these things because there's not enough data right. or studies out there yet which is obviously a, a problem in itself but as a biohacker you can go well actually the risk is very low for blue blocking glasses for instance the reward is potentially really high for blue blocking glasses right. and the cost is low so you know whereas a, a functional uh, no, a standard doctor saying to their patient oh go and try these blue blocking glasses or whatever they're just going to be like no we don't believe it give us a pill so and, and a doctor probably would feel that he might be risking his license by recommending some glasses that block out blue light, even though it's blatantly obvious and simple um, how well they work. Right. So, you know, I, I think that the lack of bias is uh, important. And I think to go back to your point about Instagram or social media, you know, it's a love-hate relationship. I mean, I love it because I get to connect with my followers every day i get to learn every day you put your opinions out 
that's amazing. And you get to hear all these little nuggets of opinions that people have done and tested, and you can take that on board. What point that isn't good is when you share an opinion and someone shoots it down and says that their opinion is better um, and that you're not open to their information when in fact my whole profile is about being open to everyone's information with my goal not my ego so it's it's it really is biohacking is as a biohacker is really flexible and really fun and you know then the expensive toys come in which you can spend you can spend all your money and your time on which you know get you minimal returns and that's why i always talk about the fundamentals of health first like what are the basic building blocks that the body needs to operate before you start turbocharging it and, and that's a huge difference right there tim because you know it, it, look at exercise science or well nutrition can get really get in the weeds too like i mean we found each other because you used a, a post basically i was just comparing like all different diets and like pretty much everybody's agreeing with having vegetables and like, what about carnivore, whatever? Like, well, you know, I've, I've interviewed uh, Dr. Sean Baker. Um, I I've interviewed like that, the high, the higher level carnivore docs. And they, they say that, yeah, you can, you can have some berries or some greens or something every now and then. So they don't completely shun it, but people look at like, Oh, only meat, only meat, only meat. And most people don't do carnivore the way they are telling you to do carnivore nose to tail. Most people aren't going to eat the carlos. They're not going to eat the liver. They're not going to do that. Right. Just same thing as if you're vegan, most people aren't going to do that completely correctly. You can have bagels and Oreos and be completely vegan. Right. So like that's, you're right. They're like shooting shit down. Like we just, we, we want to do that and we're not going to get into that completely. But uh, I saw a post of yours and this is really what I want to get into because people always talk about, uh, and one, you're talking about the fundamentals one, like if you're, if you're going to work out, you need to squat, hinge, press, pull, all those sort of things before doing the fancy Instagram fucking exercises that you see, right? Like hate that drives me crazy. But for you, you know, I'll see this post, like, this is what I do every single morning and whatever. And most of the time it's these influencers and they're not doing this sort of stuff for you. You have an exact protocol, what you're doing in the morning and when you wake up and go to sleep and everything like that. So I would like to kind of go over what you're doing and then we can get into a little bit of the why and then the maybe the little lower level things that people can do to optimize their day. Sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, one of the things that a quote I once heard was, we make our habits and our habits make us. Mm. And the most successful people I've met and in biohacking, you know, especially around longevity, you get to meet some very, 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 very successful people like the top, top 1%. And one commonality I saw with them is that they all have strict routines that, that they own and that owns them. And, and a lot of it is also automation and, um, yeah, making sure that they don't have to think. And I think in terms of the book, it's called, um, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the book now, but it's, um, it's a really famous book and it's about uh, routine and structure. And um, <laughs> the name slipped my mind ridiculously, right. but come to me in a minute, you know how it is. Um, but they call it open loops. And if you, the more open loops you have, or the more things that your, you know, your browser is processing at the same time, the slower it will work. So I like to work with an app, which I, I think I put a post out on it or it's going out very soon on my YouTube um, about the app that I have that's everything locked and loaded. So as soon as I wake up, I just go through and tick off the things that I have. Um, and I mean, it's 
I also put things in places so I trip over them. So for instance, the chin up bar uh -huh. is in my bedroom door. So when I leave the bedroom or come into the bedroom, it's there and I'm always doing it automatically. I see it, it triggers me, I do it. Um, or, um, you know, if a simple example that a lot of people do is they put, you know, for instance, something that they like the trash they put in front of their front door so that when they go to walk out the front door, they trip over it. Well, right. I work on that basis. And then for the rest of the time, I have an app that I just lock and load and it repeats every single day. So from the moment I wake up, I don't have to think, I just do. And then I can, um, I'm on autopilot and then I can think about my day, which starts at a certain time. Um, and I found that I'm probably around 40% more productive by doing so hmm. opposed to, Oh, what supplements do I take? Or, you know, what time do I finish reading or, Oh, should I book a call in before 10 AM? Like all these things are gone. Yeah. Um, so it starts with, um, tongue scraping from the moment I wake up, I walk into my bathroom, scrape my tongue. Um, everything that I do is specifically researched or has benefits or I'm testing for the moment to see the result. So okay. tongue scraping obviously clears off a lot of the bacteria on your tongue, cleans it out. Um, if your mouth is cleaner, your gut will be cleaner. If your gut is cleaner, your health is better, you know, a whole host of benefits from it. So what do you use just like a, a scraper or do you use a toothbrush and kind of yeah, I use a scraper. I, at the moment, I'm using a silver one. It's not so good. Copper is better because it's naturally a natural antibacterial. Mm -hmm. um, so, so they're much more hygienic. Um, and it's just like a metal bar that you just scrape on your tongue three times. It's actually amazing that the amount of people that have said that they get their taste back because they're clearing their tongue, they're clearing toxins on there. And Based on a, a good friend and my, my surgeon, uh, biological dentist friend, Dr. Dominic Nitschwitz, um, he, his saying is health starts in the mouth. Um, if you've got, for instance, candida in the mouth or root canals or infections in your mouth, that will filter into your gut and you will have gut issues. But most people start with tackling the gut, not mm -hmm. tackling the mouth. So health starts in the mouth. So if you're clearing the bacteria off your tongue, that will, the burden will be less on your gut and you'll need less binders. Um, and that takes me on to my next point. I then start with binders. So I take chlorella and I actually use cholestyramine, which is a pharmaceutical binder actually. And it's used for cholesterol, uh, for high cholesterol usually, but it's also super, super, super effective uh, biotoxin binder. Um, and for me, I've had histamine issues in the past and various gut issues. So I've been testing cholestyramine to see if it helps me with the biotoxins and the headaches. And actually it did, it, mm. it does very, very well. So. When you say binders for people listening, you're just binding to those toxins that you're kind of trying to get out of your body so you can naturally excrete them. Yeah, so if you think about it in an analogy, uh, you're in the kitchen, you're cooking food. Um, if you're not binding things, you're just building up the trash in the kitchen. Um, or so you've got several obviously liver phases, or it could be that you're, you're taking the trash out, but the dust cart isn't, collecting so it stacks up on the street so depending on which phase you're working on or which binder you're using you're taking the trash out from the kitchen and then the dust cart takes it away as well otherwise it's going to stack up in both areas so binders are really important and then i base that based on my genetic um variations specifically for me and uh, so i found that my headaches go my mental clarity is significantly better as a result of just doing those two things alone and what are you um, checking for? You, you check for different biomarkers, right? Genetic variations. What do you use to check for that? So um, 
Originally, 23andMe was the, uh, the DNA test that I would use just because it was readily available. It was a retail product, nice and cheap. Um, but more recently, I've been using, um, for people I work with or people that do my course or whatever, um, Self Decode by Joe Cohen. Um, he also runs a self-hacked website. So it's a really, I mean, he's good. The data doesn't get sold anywhere. His reports are really, really good. He even looks into COVID risk variants and things like that, which is really awesome. So selfdecode.com. And for um, people, and for people you're, we're going to, you're going to have a lot of the stuff on your website, right? Yeah. 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 We have, uh, I mean, I, I detail all of this on my Instagram as well. I mean, pretty much all of these experiments, okay. but and we'll, we'll, li- we'll link to all, all that in the show notes too. Okay. Um, so yeah, so then obviously I'm, I'm out, out the door into the lounge and I've got my chin up bar on the way and I've got my dip bars on the way, which I do every time I pass through. Um, and that's just because body composition is one of my goals at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I may or may not have been testing Psalms or, or, um, various other things like that. Um, and I may or may not have put on 12 kilos in, uh, in three months uh, from doing so. It works. Uh, and then it's about maintaining. <laughs> so there's things like that that I've been testing at the moment. I find dip bars are amazing. Chin-up bars, great. Yeah. Um, more recently, um, I've been using the eccentric and concentric techno gym gear uh-huh. um, in, in a new uh, lab in London, actually. So it's been, I find that that's, I would class that as a biohack, actually. Yeah, so, you, so you you walk by a chin up bar every time. What do you you knock out? You go to failure. You kind of like have a rep and reserve. What 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 do you do? Yeah, rep and reserve, more like. I mean, and again, it really depends on how I feel on the day and um, what my aura score is. Because if my readiness is low for whatever reason, then I tend to just do stretching um, and bands. But if I'm if my readiness is above eighty five, then you know I go all in. And, and make the most of the day um so it really it is day day dependent really um so yeah okay so you're you're rocking a you know, aura ring for people just checking your heart rate variability just you know basically how well you're recovered or beats between beats to, to oversimplify things or a ring there's uh was there's whoop there's a bunch of other other things out there too but i i, I see a lot of people that have aura rings and they, they i don't I'm not like paid by aura but um they a lot of people like that just the the ease and convenience of wearing that around the finger as opposed to kind of like a bulky watch or something yeah i mean sticking on charge once a week you can stick it on airplane modes you don't have to worry about the bluetooth yep. um yeah resting heart rate heart rate variability deep sleep rem sleep light sleep respiratory rate body temperature readiness approximate calorie usage i mean a whole host of things and it's just so easy people don't even know you've got it on what what i particularly like is obviously the sleep score because it helps me gamify my sleep it's actually stopped me drinking pretty much completely although it's nice to drink from time to time uh very rarely when you see that your resting heart rate is 30 beats a minute higher from alcohol um 40 if it's red wine high in histamines um and your heart rate variability is tanked to almost zero um then you know, it kind of gamifies you to not drink at all. So it's, it's kind really, of, yeah, awesome. it's kind of like when somebody goes to a doctor and then they, they're like, oh, you're pre-diabetic or you've got diabetes or you have all these markers like, oh, well, they finally got smacked in the face with something and you, and you need to make that decision. Am I going to change myself or am I going to eventually have to like have a limb cut off? I mean, yeah. that's, 
really oversimplifying it, but that's really what it is. So if, if you're able to have these stats by, you know, have wearing a aura ring or something like that, it's, I mean, right there, that that's, you know, your kind of simplification of, you know, biohacking your body. It, it, totally. And the one thing that goes on alongside that really well is the freestyle Libra or the Dexcom. Mm. I think when, like, for instance, the first time I had bread when I was, I don't eat bread, FYI, I'm, I'm pretty much grain free except for oats post-workout. But um, I use the Freestyle Libra. And when you eat bread of any form, the spike in glucose is just ridiculous. And, right. you know, if you didn't see it, actually see it, you wouldn't realize how crazy a spike it is. And if you're not, I mean, it's funny, look at this. So I just got sent a continuous glucose monitor. I haven't used this one. This one's levels. By the way, anybody yeah. else, I, I, don't, I don't get paid by them either, but they just sent it to me. So I've never used, used one. So I'm going to start kind of playing with myself too, because some people might have a walnut, right? And have a, a spike in, in insulin level. So it, it's really interesting to have access to that, that type of technology now. You're going to love that. I love levels, actually. There's, there's several tech, well, they pretty much all use the Freestyle Libra from, um, from Abbott Labs, but the software with levels is very good because um, you can photograph your food and you can see your response to certain things. But, oh, man, have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm to play with it because I was, I, every time I've been trying, I've been doing a lot of um, national TV segments, so I can't have that thing on my arm while i'm doing t so each i wanted to wear it for i don't know like each whatever patch you know last a week or two whatever it is so I, I couldn't have it while i was doing all these exercises on tv so i was like okay i'm gonna do it now and then also i get booked for it which is a good thing to have right it would get booked for another tv segment but now i'm finally got a, a lull i'm gonna put this thing on this week and start checking everything so i'm, I'm interested to find out see you know what affects my food I'm, and i'm going to um you know do workouts and eat the same type of food and see if there's sort of any different uh, insulin response difference and you know able to uptake glucose more so it'll be really interesting to see what happens with yeah. that it's, it's cool like, i mean if you if you do like for instance, if you have a burger post-workout with a bun, and I don't get me wrong, I don't eat that crap generally, but as a test, it's actually really interesting. So if you have it before, if you have it when you've after a workout or not after a workout, just any time and see the difference in response, it's just insane. Yeah. There's actually an account on Instagram, I think it's Glucose Goddess. If you follow her, uh, I mean, it's really worth following her because she tests the same food next day and sees the response. Like, for instance, bulletproof coffee with a brain octane oil or without, or bulletproof coffee after a sandwich, and then yeah. you see like and what the different macros do to the different uh, to the different glucose spikes. It's really crazy. So, yeah, I really recommend that as well. Interesting, and and then eating your food, whether you have protein first or fat first or carbohydrate first, can affect that. Obviously um anybody else you, you can look that sort of stuff up but yeah it's really interesting to uh to see that okay so you, you got the aura ring you do your, your pull-ups and dips you scrape your tongue uh <laughs> what, what else do you do so yeah so i, I go down and make my bulletproof coffee uh -huh. um the next the next point um which i sit down and then read for 30 minutes with all notifications with everything off i actually use uh the pomodoro method uh, an app for that so I switch off for basically 25, 30 minutes and read. And that's just complete chill time. Whatever's going on in the day, whatever's happening in the world, like that's mind space setting the precedence for the day nice. with my bulletproof coffee. If, if it's warm enough or sunny enough and I go out, stand in the garden and I'm grounding um, and doing that at the same time. 
uh, obviously getting uh, early day sunrise if possible, because obviously that helps reset our circadian rhythm. Um, and also the, obviously the grounding gives you free electrons, um, which obviously pair with free radicals or neutralize free radicals, which obviously reduces inflammation in your body and helps with all your energy production and helps your whole body repair as it should do. So, you know, pairing morning light with grounding is actually really incredible. And um, my friend, Luke Story, you probably know Luke, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, he went, when we hung out in, for Paleo FX 2019, first thing he did when he got off the plane in Austin was go to the local hot spring and um and jump in the hot spring to ground because you know uh, in the morning it was, it was amazing and i was just like why are you doing this and he told me a bit about it he said go away and read about it but he said it's non-negotiable for me for resetting my circadian rhythm to a new time zone mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean dr sachin panda's work all around circadian rhythm which is now you know pretty much mainstream in in the health space not just biohacking really goes into the reason why these things work synergistically together so that's the next part of my my morning routine okay so yeah. people gr grounding that simplifying it would just be shoes and socks off and standing and, and the earth and just you know absorbing the the energy of the the ground beneath you yeah 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 i mean the first time i heard about it i was like no way am i doing this like no way it's like woo woo no chance and I, I mean i went away studied it read everything i could spoke to clint ober multiple times who's the the guy that uh, did the documentary and wrote the book tested it looked at the studies looked at um live blood analysis of red blood cells after and uh, before grounding and looked at thermography for uh, inflammation of joints and things like that and uh, realized that actually yeah this is something that's so blatantly simple, you know, the most abundant antioxidant known to man. And yet we don't do it because we're wearing rubber soles and big heels every day and our trainers. So yeah, it's, it's amazing how many people actually have success stories around just grounding alone. It's right. just, it, it's insane. And yet it's right there. So they, uh, so when you're doing that, what was, when the first time that you did the grounding, did you feel, do you think that was a, a little bit more of a placebo effect? Did you, did you feel anything what, when you're standing there with your, without your shoes and socks on, just kind of like, you know, woo woo, uh, to use your words, like, did you feel like, okay, this isn't going to do anything. What was your mindset there? I just thought it looked crazy. Um, <laughs> I just thought, I mean, it was actually, um, two friends of mine. It was actually in the sea in Malibu. Uh, they were out standing in the sea in the morning at sunrise. There I was still rubbing my eyes, trying to wake up after there was a busy road right past our apartment. And um, they were down there in the sea and they're like, oh, it just feels so amazing. And I was just like, you guys are absolutely crazy. What is this about? Um, and, but the thing is, is you only have to stop and think for a second and imagine being on the beach and with your toes dipped in the, in the water, just feeling that. I mean, it has a physiological change in us immediately, just imagining it, let alone doing it. And you can actually measure it in the body. So you can actually use a multimeter to see what your body voltage is with grounding and without grounding. And so you can see that it actually restores the body to homeostasis. And that is actually how we evolved without shoes, you know, wearing maybe leather on our feet, which is conductive. So for me, um, like for instance, if I get really stressed, if I've had a, re a really difficult email or some 
hound on Instagram and trying to knock me down for whatever reason, you know, you know, the, you know, you feel the pain. Um, all you have to do is get your shoes off, sit in the garden. And it's amazing, like how quickly the world becomes easy again. And, you know, people with panic attacks or anxiety or that are stressed, it's really amazing how quickly grounding works. And it's reported by a lot of people of how quickly they feel better. And I do, but I also have the understanding how, how powerful placebo is, um, you know, and how powerful our mind is. But even if it is a placebo, the placebo is still the body's own natural way of fixing something. So even if it's a placebo, I'm good with that. But I have measured it. And before I spoke about it anywhere, I mean, I, I've done it to death on my Instagram now. Hundreds of posts about it, talked about it so much, so many podcasts and things like that, because it was just wasn't discussed. Um, but I didn't. I didn't until I'd really done it to death <laughs> yeah i mean you know that, that it's, it's great to measure but also you're taking that time for yourself which rarely do we actually do and you're putting yourself in that kind of parasympathetic state and you're just calming yourself down so uh, you know the grounding with just that natural relaxation and you know the art of doing nothing in that moment is so good for you in visualization and mindset and even now yeah, they found that you can add more muscle tissue just thinking about it growing before you're actually doing that working set. So there's all these sort of different things. So placebo or not, like you feel good, like you're kicking ass alive. Keep doing that. I think people just sort of get caught up in try having to find these numbers. But if you feel good at it, why are you changing what you're doing? So um, you know, to your point, but you're able to measure that. So that's interesting. So bulletproof coffee, do some grounding. What's next? really depends on the day. Um, I mean, I, now I've got a standing desk that you with a treadmill underneath it. Um, it's more collusion. It's no affiliation. Just think they're awesome. So I'm standing walking pretty much all the day or leaning back. I'm currently in Germany at the moment. Um, it's boiling hot. I've got my window open. So if you can hear kids out there, that's, that's why I'm, I'm not my normal standing desk. Um, but yeah, so I'm pretty much walking every day and I know the 10,000 steps has been debunked, but I still try to get the 10,000 a day because it is still a good, a good number. Um, and um, then it goes to my supplements, uh, the ones that are fat based, fat soluble um, to go with my bulletproof coffee. Um, and then I have a high fat breakfast and then I get on and do my home workouts if it's a home workout day versus a gym workout day. Um, I have my amino acid stack, um, which is like uh, branch chain essential, glutamine, creatine, taurine, um, minerals. So I use the Kinton hydration hypertonic um, minerals in there as well. I also use fish-based collagen um, in there nicely as well, because I'm aiming for three grams of protein per kilo of body weight at the moment because I'm really yeah I'm pushing it I mean I'm naturally 60 kilos 59 kilos naturally if I you know eat around what I should have calorie wise roughly good calories um I have to really ramp it up to put any weight on I'm now 70 sitting at 70 with uh, around three to four thousand calories a day of, of good calories obviously not empty crap yeah. um so yeah, so then that's the workout. And then I have a blocked out time, depending on the day. I have, for instance, only head down work until lunchtime um, with no distractions, which are, again, will be in my task list for the day. That's all preset the day before. And then calls between three and six, three days a week. 
and the rest of the day, the rest of the week I have uh, two days with no calls, no interactions with anyone, mm. uh, so that I'm really productive. Now I find that that way, you know, they say that a task takes the time allotted to it, and um, you know, again, going to the successful people I've met and and know they don't allow for eventualities like this they say no exceptions i'm not taking a call between that time like this is this is productivity time because um again i once heard that your inbox is someone else's to-do list um you know and when you put it like that i want to achieve stuff i don't want to get everyone else to achieve stuff it needs to start with me when you're running a summit and a course and various other things going on you know you can't just be reactive the whole time. So that way I find that by having my time tightly scheduled without being stressed about it, I mean, I squeeze the things in that I need to squeeze in and the things that take time are scheduled. Um, and I find that works really well. Um, yeah, that, that's a real, that's a really good tip for anybody in, in life, just being more efficient. I, so right now I'm at a two bedroom apartment that I rented just for myself. I've got all my gym equipment in here. I've got a futon just in case I need to crash. And we sold our condo downtown Chicago. We're living with in-laws like 15 minutes away. But I told my wife, like, I need a space where I could just go and get things done so I can come here for four hours and get equivalent what I could get done. You know, where I got, we had a three-year-old son and he sees dad's home and he doesn't necessarily get that. He can't, you know, knock or yell or whatever. So I rented the space just to get things done and I'm much more efficient. So now when I go home, 99% of the time I'm home and I'm present as opposed to being there and half listening and half kind of paying attention to what he's doing and not being as efficient. So I, and I, just a good general tip in life to schedule out that time. And, um, you know, whether that's, you know, not taking meetings or phone calls and I, I like your idea about the, uh, about the inbox being somebody else's to-do list. And that's very fair. You get all these emails, like do this, do this, do this. And that's, that's generally for everybody else. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, one of my friends who's probably the second most successful person I know, I mean, he's mega. I mean, really a good guy. But I created a whole meetup group for biohackers. He's an avid biohacker. He's never been to the meetup, even though, you know, he basically owns the building that we have it in. Um, and um, he won't go because it's a Saturday. And he works his scheduled time during the week. His family time is the weekend. And even though it's his biggest passion, family comes first and it's like I am present you know he doesn't play with his phone he doesn't get distracted by all this stuff that everyone's sitting there just playing on their phone the whole time you know if someone rings him he you know he'll answer it if someone texts him he might you know he doesn't get distracted by this stuff um and it's just like it really it's really nice to have good role models or men people you consider mentors that really do you know kind of like you're here, they're far out here, you know, they really do drag you to, even if you go a little bit towards that. And I really try to embody that because um, everyone's an expert in something and you can learn from everyone. So I, I found that that's really, really has made a huge difference in my life. And I've been doing that consistently for a very, very long time now. Um, the other thing is, is that when I was traveling last year and I, I traveled throughout COVID, the first wave or the first and second wave through Europe, I did 26 country, uh, 26 cities, 10 countries, all the way through peak COVID, I carried on. Um, I gave myself two hours every morning to do my work and I got everything done and I had less stress, I had less noise. You know, I didn't spend as much time replying to an email, which meant I didn't get an even longer reply back from that person. Everything got done and it really made me realize it's like, you know, 
it's true the time that you allot to something is the time it would take um so i've tried to maintain that and then have the head down time um yeah so like again in terms of the next biohack because i feel like i'm rambling but um i then have my red light therapy time and i do 10 minutes every day actually um i've had some dental surgery and i'm having some i've had um stem cell surgery here for a sinus lift and various other things because of shoddy dentistry work when I was younger, but red light therapy for 10 minutes on my face here, um, along with uh, proteolytic enzymes and um, obviously vitamin D and vitamin K protocol that I'm on for bone healing, which is working very well. So the red light therapy I find is amazing. Um, and then I'm on my balance board. So if I'm at my standing desk and not the walking desk, I'll be on a balance board. So I'm engaging my core all day long. I'm using random movement, not just standing still. Um, stacking various nootropics, different ones, depending on the day or what work I've got. If, you know, I won't go into the nootropics I use, but depending if it's creativity or focus I need, it's different, different ones, um, some of which are out there, some of which are mainstream. <laughs> I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got, I've got a buddy who's got a... Uh, company and uh, gives different uh, boxes, you know, one's logic, one's creativity, one's oh, energy. I can't remember what it is, but um, yeah, it, it's really interesting when you can hone in on, on that. And, you know, I, I don't pop them every single day, but especially when I go out of town and make sure like I'll, I'll take the logic or if I'm doing a podcast or a TV show, I'll, I'll kind of bring those. And um, it's, it's really unique to see what your mind and body can do when you're starting to really pinpoint how your day is going to be and what type of productivity you need. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you put it to the extreme, Steve Jobs always talked about macro dosing with LSD, um, you know, to have his amazing ideas. I mean, that's because it's really great for creativity and thinking out there. You know, that's just one example, obviously not in a macro dose that you could experiment with. <laughs> sure. I'm not saying that you, obviously. Um, but uh, unless it's legal, of course, yeah. um, then I might. But um, yeah, so again, that, that's just another one of those things that I would do um, as when needed. Interesting. Um, yeah, obviously every single meal is optimized um, as a biohacker would, low in anti-nutrients, high in, you know, obviously always grass-fed, wild, uh, caught, the best source that you can, none of the crap. Occasionally I do let my hair down because you've got to, because otherwise you're always in sympathetic mode, stressing mm -hmm. about what you're eating, opposed to just letting your hair down and saying, whatever, man, for 5% of the time. So that's, you know, that's really a consideration within that. Um, I also have a breathwork device, which is called the AeroFit. Not many people have heard of it yet, but it's uh, a, a really hot startup coming out of uh, Denmark. Mm. And it's um, basically breathwork device you put in, and it measures your in-breath, your out-breath, gets you to do different exercises, um, and really trains your, um, your whole cardiovascular system. I mean, it's just amazing yeah. tracking, and you can see your progression over a period of time. So... You know, as a lot of fitness guys do, they like their ice baths, they like their breath work, but you can't necessarily quantify those with this device. You can, and you can see your progression, which gamifies it, which pushes you harder to, to improve your lung capacity and lung strength. So that's yeah. another thing you do in the morning just after reading. Yeah, I've got, um, I've used the Lumen before for um, checking the um, you know, metabolic flexibility. And that's really interesting to see, especially if you're, 
doing traditional strength work or um, I'm doing a Spartan race coming up in a few weeks. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm ramping up, you know, carbohydrate intake as I'm trying to maintain muscle tissue, but then I'm running, you know, five to 10 miles per day without. So it's really interesting to see where I'm at. So I'll, I'll check that in the morning off. And now I'm very in tune with my body to see how I can wake up and see like, am I a little extra like inflamed? Am I, am I leaner today? How do I feel? You can, the nice thing about having all of these devices is then you start getting in tune with your body and you don't necessarily need to have them every single day. And just kind of like, okay, this is how I feel. You know, when I, when I'm mm-hmm. carbohydrate depleted, this is maybe I should load up a little bit more pre post-workout, um, sleep circadian rhythm, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really interesting. Like the compound effect that you get from doing all these little things as well. Um, I mean, for instance, the, I mentioned earlier on about my aminos well, and the Kintin hypertonic. It, basically, that's salt water. Celtic sea salt is a good equi- alternative. But, you know, we're, we're grossly underhydrated and we drink too much water, which dehydrates us even more because we're generally drinking low mineral content water. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know, our cognition isn't working properly. Our energy production isn't, our energy isn't working proper t- properly. Um, and, you know, people start with nootropics without first getting their, their, their mineral balance correct, which is our electrolytes. So, you know, that's a big, important part of my amino stack in the morning, actually, is the amount of minerals I put in there. And it's the yeah. equivalent. I'll even coffee. do coffee and I've got, sometimes I'll do MCT. Sometimes I'll, uh, I've got some like cocoa butter chips, but then I'm, I'm doing the pink Himalayan sea salt. And I'm putting that into my coffee, waiting generally, yeah. I, I wait about 90 minutes after, before, you know, after getting up have a coffee the same thing do a lot of things like light in the morning all this sort of stuff and by add, adding the salts in there and i'm probably having two three times the recommended sodium intake that most people are having but we're sweating we need this and then i've even got uh this gum called mighty gum which is like zinc copper like that. i've been chewing it for 10 minutes because we start absorbing you know those those micronutrients and minerals through, through um, our mouth so as you said everything starts in the mouth right um so really interesting to start doing these things and i feel so much better now if i'm getting ready for a shoot then i'll kind of sodium load and cut a day or two ahead of time and then your body's excreting that and your body just kind of dries up and you look you know much better for a photo shoot or something but yeah it's man it's it's wild to see and bodybuilders you know were biohacking for a long time right and they were doing all this sort of different stuff and carb loading and depleting and uh, all these sorts of different things so um, you know, I think that's kind of a overarching theme of that, that biohacking is you sort of take all these little nuggets from, you know, different cultures or, you know, different um, modalities people have been doing and start, how do we implement this in our entire day? Because I mean, it's a lot. If you like people listening to this, like you're doing a lot of things. Most people can't, you know, they, most people can't do all of these sort of things, but you know, something as simple as getting up and, you know, getting some sunlight or taking your shoes off in the morning or scraping your tongue, you know, I think at a bare minimum, they can start with that. All of these things can be implemented in, in all honesty. I mean, some people say, oh, well, I don't have three hours in the morning to do my morning routine. Everyone has three hours. They do. I'm sorry. Regardless of even if you have family, everyone has the same amount of time in the day. It's just how you allocate it. Sure. That's it. Uh, you know, I, that is coming from a, a guy that doesn't have a family, I admit. But <laughs> I, I was running three companies at one point, all yeah. successful companies and still getting and having a life. I didn't have my health quite the same, no, but that's another story. Sure. Um, but the point is, is you can implement most of these things um like for instance i have a rebounder next to my desk 
So I'm, I'm on it every hour for a few minutes, every hour, just to get the, my lymphatic system flowing. Yeah. That's very easy. You yeah. know, the tongue scraper is very easy. Uh, oil pulling with some coconut oil in the morning for 10, 15 minutes with maybe a drop of oregano oil. It's so easy. And if you yeah. commute, you can do that without, you know, without looking crazy. Um, <laughs> and so there's all of these things are so easy, but I think it's the mindset of people that aren't doing any of these things you know, maybe grabbing, grabbing their smoothie and taking it to work with them and they're a coffee and they're like, well, this is too much to think about. But if you just add it in bit by bit over a period of time, it just becomes automatic. And it's like the amount, the, again, the compound effect from these things is just so significant, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think about some of the other things that I do on a daily basis that is, um, that's relevant i mean like the rebounding is a classic one the standing desk is a classic one making sure that i'm eating healthy i mean again one thing that i do a lot of is i carry convenience foods and when i say convenience foods i'm talking like a packet of wild smoked salmon i'm not talking about a sandwich from the local grocery store you know <laughs> yeah uh, or uh, or a really good biltong or equivalent uh, depending on where i am in the world or things like this. And it's like, most people say, oh, well, I have to convenience eat because I'm always on the move and whatnot. Okay. Don't set yourself up to fail. Just mm -hmm. a little bit advanced. They say, oh, well, convenience foods, a sandwich or whatever. It's like, it's not just, what you have to do is go to the supermarket once a week and stack up with these things that last you for the whole week. And you've got, you know, hundred grams of smoked salmon in your bag, ready to go. Yeah. You can't Smart. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even one of my uh, friends, dietitian, She's got a company called Mini Fish, and it's just these packets, you know, that's salmon or sardines or whatever. And, you know, you carry it, you can eat it with a fork spoon, it's got spices and different stuff, and very easy to do. Um, and, and you're right, like it just, you know, takes a, a little bit of extra thought. And then eventually, like, you go to the grocery store and you start picking that stuff up. And it's very, very easy to do. So, after, what's your, what's your nighttime start to look like? You got, you got your work, your calls. Yep. So um, I switch off. I have a hard stop at 6 p.m. UK, um, except for one day a week because I have a lot of colleagues uh, in Cali. Um, so I three hours before bed, strictly three hours before bed, I wear blue blocking glasses, obviously. Um, obviously, that blocks out the blue light, which means that you start secreting your melatonin which means your body starts winding down and getting ready for bed, opposed to thinking it's still midday and being hyped up. A lot of people say that they're night owls. They're not. It's less than a 1% of people that are actually truly night owls genetically. It was a trait that got weeded out because the people that slept during the day got eaten by the animals that are awake during the day. Um, so it's, you know, we have sleep and it is such a prominent thing in um, for us for a reason. Um, so blue light blocking glasses from generally 6, 7 p.m. Um, I also stop eating around sunset as well, mm -hmm. which, because that means that my blood glucose comes down while I sleep, which means that my body's actually using the energy collected during the day to repair the damage that I've done to this unit during the day. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you eat far after sunset, we produce, as Dr. Sachin Panda says, up to 50 times less insulin after sunset, mm -hmm. meaning that our blood sugar is higher throughout the night um, I mean, our organs are at full speed opposed to actually repairing. So, you know, that also ties in with no exercising generally after four or 5 PM mm -hmm. because you're pushing your body too late and it's not winding down. And 
if you optimize your day, you optimize your night and your sleep significantly better, and then you'll feel better through the day and sleep better. So it's really setting up for the next day from sunset. Um, and then there's winding down, making sure that I get some grounding done in the evening. And I have a, a, an earthing yoga mat that goes on by the, by the bottom of my sofa. So when I'm sitting on my sofa, I'm grounding. Um, that way I'm winding down, I'm getting the free electrons and chilling without blue light, without being stimulated. Um, that also means not watching war movies or anything with killing yeah. in it, um, because it has such a huge impact. Like you just have to watch something like a Freddy Krueger film for instance, that's an, old, an oldie there, yeah, yeah. Um, just before you go to sleep and watch your heart rate spike and your heart rate variability plummet. That's our unconscious minds can't distinguish between reality and film. And, you know, we're in a stress state, meaning that we don't sleep properly. So it's really important that you get a couple of hours of wind down before bed, um, finish eating at a certain time where your blue block is as well. Yeah, I started doing that. I stopped watching any sort of, you know, thriller or anything before bed. I stopped trying to do work before bed because same thing, my mind is still trying to think about things. So I would pretty much only watch a comedy or something that's lighthearted or that you could just can be on, you know, you don't have to think about it too much. I, I found that really helps me just sort of calm down in the evening that, you know, I've got my, you know, blue light blocking glasses on as well. And it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, would I rather take out an actual book and read that? Sure, but like, you got all this stuff going on. I got a kid running around. You got to do what you've got to do, but doing the comedy and then uh, I'll turn on some like, re relaxing tones, you know, before bed. And I'll turn that on. I turn on airplane mode on my phone and that just plays. There's an app I have called, uh, I have called Brain Tap uh, and it just plays those tones and just kind of, and I start thinking about it there and do some breath work. As I'm laying in bed 10, 20 minutes later, I'm asleep. And generally, unless I have to pee in the middle of the night, I, I, I'm, I sleep so much better that way. Mm, yes. I mean, it's a really good point. I mean, I think the other thing I, I also have, which ties into what you've said there, is um, I have a remote control, which links to all of the plugs in the house with the Sonos and the Wi-Fi router. So I just press one button and it turns off all of the plugs around the house so there's no electricity flying around. And... Actually, it's a, it's a real common thing. So many people say that their brain is so active at night when they're lying in bed. In fact, one guy, super successful guy, I did a, I don't do many consults. I do like one a fortnight just so that people have access to me mm -hmm. um, if they really need it. And um, this guy's super successful and yet his brain was 200 miles an hour. He couldn't sleep, he's falling apart. And when I said to him, do you have Wi-Fi on at night? He said, yes. I said, where's the router? And he said, oh, there's one under my bed and one under the kids as well. So the first thing I did, even before he could order blue blocking glasses, was to make sure that he turned his router off at night. Mm. Sleep magically improves significantly overnight. And, you know, I read, I read somewhere the other week that Wi-Fi, that sort of amount of electricity or EMF, the body actually... Um, it's almost thinks it's awake because it's having to process it. You know, how many times do you go, oh, have I just, uh, I feel like I've just got a message. It's on silent, there's no vibrate on, and yet you look at it and yeah, there's a message just popped up. I mean, we can sense this on an unconscious level. Mm -hmm. um, 
So Wi-Fi off is a non-negotiable, like where I'm staying at the moment, there's a router just down there, there's a computer here, there's a load of stuff around, everything goes off, like non-negotiable. Um, and, um, and then before bed, also um, half a teaspoon of Celtic sea salt in a glass of 300 milliliters of water. Um, and if you're waking up during the night, which is what I used to do, I used to pee, you know, three, five times during the night and probably 30 times during the day at one point, mm-hmm. until I figured out which minerals I actually needed to retain the water. Um, having the Celtic sea salt before bed mm. and adding potassium citrate in, uh, after three or four days, you don't wake up to pee in the night anymore because you're well, retaining. I'm, I'm going to try that. Yeah, I'm going to try that works like a beauty and it, i found for females depending on where they are on their cycle they end up peeing a lot more well often if you give them potassium one of the, any form is generally right but citrate is my favorite um then they stop peeing so much and uh you know can go 15 times a day down to two or three times a day as a result but for us guys i mean it's even better nice yeah i, I need i need to try that that makes a, a ton of sense and to your, to your point about the uh the text messages, I had Dr. Patrick Porter um, on the podcast a couple episodes ago, and he was talking about how they did a study and, you know, people were sleeping and the, the, the phones were in a different room and they still were able to register brain activity when a text message would come through almost immediately. It's really interesting. And, and almost like years ago, like, oh, that's, you know, kind of bullshit, but now they were able to measure brain activity directly when, when that was coming in. So, you know, what I you know started doing is obviously putting my phone on airplane mode. Um, my wife does the you know, same thing when she's in the room with my kid and all this sort of stuff. So these little things and people are like, what if there's an emergency? Well, you know, people can get a hold of you if need be, or if you've got a house phone, then that kind of kind of take care of that too. Or maybe there's one phone in the house where they, you keep that on. But uh, those are really good, tangible tips. So, is there is there anything where you know you get any backlash from this sort of stuff? You know, I mean, obviously the medical community might be a little bit different depending on what type of doctor they are, or um, what's kind of one of the main things that people sort of like push back on you about. Well. Um, everyone pushes back on everything at some point. <laughs> sure. I, I did a carnival post the other week and the vegans pushed back. Even though I say it works for some, it works for others, it doesn't work for some people. It's about you as an individual. They go, it's wrong, you shouldn't be eating like this. And then the post that actually um, I, that I shared of yours the other day, um, I put in their well-balanced view, you know, we can all agree that vegetables are good for us. You know, there's caveats. There's obviously caveats. Like, you know, don't eat stupid amounts of spinach and kale that are high in oxalates that are going to cause you issues. I mean, you know, I got pushed back, someone saying, oh, this is BS. You don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't work for me. And I was like, did you actually read the text? Because I say this, you know, they see or hear what they want to see or hear, not what I've said. So, you know, I'm becoming more immune to it. Um, I think the, the common one is that when anyone wants to fight an opinion, they say, are you a medical professional? Mm. And, I'm, and I say, no, thankfully. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not being disrespectful to the doctors or anything or surgeons. They are a master at their craft, but their craft is not generally health. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Um, you know, they get in it to help people with their health. 
And a lot of them get out of it because they know that they're stuck within a system and they're scared to say something that gets them kicked out of that system because of their livelihood. Right. So um, that's often the one that people say, well, you haven't got qualifications. And I'm like, yes, but I work with the world's leading experts in every single case where I need to that have spent their life dedicated to an area opposed to being a general doctor that hasn't learned anything about health other than medicine. Right. So that's generally where it comes around. Um, or people say, well, there's no studies around this. And I say, no, there's not yet. Right. Um, you know, but without the people at the forefront, there would, it would never evolve. So we have to be here. We're part of the system that ne is needed. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the other one is, you know, bulletproof coffee is a load of rubbish. You shouldn't be having 300 calories in a drink in the morning, mm. um, blah, 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 blah. Some people shouldn't, some people should, you know. Yeah. Very fair I mean, point. It's personalized. And that's where it's going to be. I mean, yeah. like with the glucose monitor, you're going to be wearing with your rings, yeah. with all of these different tracking devices, everything is going to be personalized. Mm -hmm. Nutrition, medicine, based on the genetics, everything at some point, and it's going to be super efficient and we are paving the way for it. That's, that's my opinion. Amazing. Well, I, I think you might have just answered the question I was going to ask. Where do you think the future of biohacking is heading? Ultra personalization, like it really is. Um, like for instance, the aura ring, like I said earlier on, you need a recovery day. Okay. I'll go for cryotherapy. Mm -hmm. Um, you've had, you've had a really strong sleep and your readiness score is high and your heart rate variability is better than ever. Okay. You go for a sauna, you have cold plunge, you really push it at the gym. You have that really strong workout day. You know, you, you're not feeling that then you don't, you respect it and you conserve your energy. Um, you know, have you, do you need based on genetics? does a certain medicine work with you or do you need a certain supplement to help upregulate something? So adjusting obviously epigenetics by taking a supplement, you know, yeah. everything, it will be there. And it's going so quickly now with monitoring of glucose monitors, like you've got, there's, it's not long until they're going to be doing hormones on a daily constant basis, yeah. you know, CRP, the inflammation markers, all of these things are going to be personalized and, you know, I have spoken to several people that say, you know, that run clinics, some of the well-known ones, and they'll be like, I will have 200 patients. I'll be monitoring their data. When something goes out of range, for instance, someone's having a cardiac issue or their blood glucose has been spiked for, you know, 12 hours solidly. They're like, well, actually you can see that you'll get it flagged. You'll pick them up and call them and tell them to come in, you know, and then they know based on their genetics that, um, that they need to have this specific supplement, that they need to avoid these specific foods. That's where it will be. It will be. And, you know, curating the summit, picking the brands that exhibit, getting to know the speakers, reading all of their books, being on Instagram, talking to, you know, feet on the ground, I guess, all the time. I'm collecting so much data from all of so many angles all day, every day. It's amazing to see how it's shaping. And, you know, there's been a couple of things for the last two or three years that have emerged that are now big. For instance, before it was anything, it was just a drop. Um, an example of that was hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I heard about it about 60 years ago, maybe more, opened up a clinic because it was just so amazing. No one was talking about it. Now it's absolutely everywhere. Uh, it's not my fault, but it's the point of, I get to see the trend before it starts happening. And I think that this is where biohacking or health in general will go soon. Yeah. That, that, it's pretty cool. And I, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, I, I remember doing 
ketamine therapy two years ago and people thought I was crazy, you know, (laughs) special K. Well, I mean, yeah, like if you're breaking it down, you know, but it it was really interesting. I was with a medical doctor, but he didn't get his MD until he was in his thirties because the first like 10 years of his life, he was, um, got a black belt and like Kung Fu and studying with the monks and, you know, really interesting from what your average, you know, medical doctor specifically is, you know, to your point. So you will, you will find those, those diamonds in the rough that are, you know, got, mm-hmm. got to have that specific license or, you know, nutrition certifications or, you know, whatever it is. So, um, and functional medicine might be kind of bridging the gap a little bit with that, but it's really interesting to see what's happening there. All right, Tim Gray, where can people find you? Uh, Tim Biohacker on Instagram or health optimization with an S because I'm British.com. <laughs> <laughs> health optimization with, with an s all right tim i appreciate you coming on i'm joey thurman is another episode of the fatter future podcast remember don't be a fatty f-a-d-d-y be a part of the future mm-hmm.